Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. We are in our 16th year of the Growing in Grace podcast. (laughs) Thanks for allowing us to take a little three-week break. Not that we didn't have programs out there. Joel and I just uh, did a little reminiscing and and reflecting on the last 15 years of the Growing in Grace podcast. So we took a few weeks to do that, and we are going to get back into our series in the book of Hebrews that we took a break from a few weeks ago. Joel Brzezinski, how are you doing, sir? Hey, doing well, and what'd you think of that new music there? I like it. Yes. I like it. Yep. It's been several and, years uh, since we've changed our tune. <laughs> we, we just needed a little facelift. There and you go. For those of you who have seen us, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> right on. Yes. So we got that going and our uh, 16th year beginning here. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed doing those, uh, the anniversary podcast as well. It's going to be good to get back into Hebrews here. And uh, I don't know, someone had asked me why we do, I probably should have brought this up during the anniversary podcast, but why exactly 14 minutes? And just real briefly, <laughs> just real briefly, when we first started this, we were asked to do a podcast for internet radio, and it fit into a certain slot, and it was a internet radio station that had little minute or two um, things that ran in between programs. And then after that, other people had asked us if they could put us on their internet radio. So over the over the 15 years, we've been on various different sources, and so we've kept it at exactly a certain amount of time. Uh, that's that's why that is. Because I know other podcasts, they'll just talk until they're done talking, and it's not consistent every week. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how it's done. Ours happens to be consistent because of that reason. We could go 15. We could go 13. We could. But anyway, that's why we do that. And right now we're it's on. Become, it's become a rule. For a limit, we're laying down. Who knows? We we may end up on CNN. Rumor has it we may end up on CNN just to boost their ratings. (laughs) Yes, they need a boost. We could get on there. (laughs) Well, all right. Hebrews and somebody at work made a joke about this. Her husband was gone for a few days. He's a trucker, and while he's, she says, while he's gone, she doesn't drink coffee because Hebrews. And so she doesn't make coffee when he's gone. <laughs> uh. I'm like, okay. I laughed. I gave her a polite, <laughs> a polite laugh. Yes. <laughs> so Hebrews, we were talking about, we, we ended up in Hebrews 6. Uh, we mentioned, we talked about this one difficult passage. It's supposedly difficult anyway. It's, it's a scary verse, a scary passage that troubles people, but it's not meant to. It's really not meant to. This book of Hebrews, this really the whole, the whole new covenant is meant to be good news. <laughs> it is good news, and the writer here is trying to help these people understand just how good this news is. And so, uh, we talked about how where it says it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the. Uh, the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, uh, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Well, 
it's impossible for the Son of God to come again, which in as this uh, epistle continues, which it talks the writer talks about how there is one sacrifice. Jesus is not going to come back again and again and again. And it talks about at the beginning of the chapter, let us not go back to this foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. You see, it's happened. You have repented from dead works. You've turned to faith toward God. Let's not go back to that. And see, if we had to do this, and if a person could fall away, Christ would have to come back again and again and again. It's just, it's something that's not going to happen. And so I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about that, Cap, or if we covered that sufficiently. I think we've covered it well, but just a couple of things that come to mind here, Joel. I mean, number one, we're in Hebrews chapter 6. Three chapters later, okay, over the next three chapters, 7, 8, and 9, the the, the writer of Hebrews here is going to say a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different things to enlighten us about the new covenant that is found in Jesus Christ. And he's gonna he's gonna come back to this, and he'll explain it with in, in even greater detail in chapter nine. So I just want to make a note of that. Um, also, the writer here from and we've been going through this sort of skimming through the the chapters here a little bit. Sometimes taking a little stop on certain passages, parts of the passages, but but he's here to bring an assurance to people. This this whole book, the whole centerpiece, really the Bible. But just focusing in on Hebrews here, the, the Jesus is the centerpiece. I mean, he's he is the, the vine here. The verses and the chapters, they're just leaves and branches off of that vine. But the, the whole thing here is centered upon Jesus and how he is superior to anything that came before him, including the Old Covenant and the priesthood and all of those things. The unbelief factor that the Israelites went through where they weren't able to enter in, they, they weren't able to, to receive the promise. Um, but we have something better. We have something that uh, is, is going to be revealed here with even greater detail in the chapters ahead here in the book of Hebrews. My point here, Joel, is when people start seeing scary verses where it, it becomes about them and what they do, take a, take a breath, take a time out, step aside, and remind yourself that this is good news. What he's writing about here is actually good news. Now, we may be filtering it through a mindset of religious teaching that sees it differently. That's where we need to go to an entirely different paradigm in this gospel of grace. And, and so th- there's an assurance. He's trying to assure people, not scare people. Right. <laughs> there's, 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 look, there's no fear in love, right? And that's really what the story is about here, the love of that God has for his creation, and not just the Jews, but Gentiles as well. So I just want to point that out to people, that there's an assurance going on here, and maybe we can skim through a few highlights here to get to the end of the chapter. Yeah, because I just, and real quickly, just because it's so easy to focus in on a couple of passages in Hebrews, this one in, in 6, chapter 6, and of course the one in chapter 10, which we'll get to eventually, and and, and be scared to death and yet miss all of the good news and assurance and everything else that is shared in this epistle. And so, and there is a lot, and we'll get to it here. We've already yes, shared it's, some. It's, it's a context thing. Yes, context. And so what you need to do is keep reading. And so let's keep reading here. Chapter 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. And this is this is so good here, because this is what the new covenant is dependent upon. It's God making a promise to himself. We'll get into this some more, but he made a promise 
to Abraham, he could swear by no one greater. He swore by himself, <laughs> saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. That's God's promise. That is something that we can count on. And so after he had patiently endured, this is Abraham, after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Well, wait a second. What do you mean Abraham patiently endured? God made a promise <laughs> to Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the, the stars in the sky. And Abraham went a few years, and it wasn't happening. This promise wasn't happening. So <laughs> he and his wife made this deal that he would go into Hagar, and he had a child by Hagar. What do you mean Abraham um, was patiently patiently endured. Well, we take that, I guess, as a sign that Abraham didn't have faith or that he gave up on faith. But Romans 4.20 even brings this out. Romans 4.20, speaking about this promise and speaking about Abraham, says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness so that just goes to tell me that okay sometimes we think i don't know maybe think we we think that he wasn't acting in faith but really the whole time he believed and god counted it as righteousness it's your faith it's not everything that you do but it's your faith he believed that whole time that whole 25 years he believed that god was going to do it and um, he didn't waver at that promise. So I, that's that's good news for me. It is. And, and it continues uh, here as we get to the end of the chapter. Uh, verse 17, when God desired to show more convincingly uh, to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. He ensured it with an oath. So, and, and he'll talk more about oaths and promise here in the, in the next chapter. But he did it by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure, now get this, because you, you got scared earlier in the chapter. Oh, wow, uh, I could lose my salvation. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And that's what we're going to be getting into next, Joel, is this mysterious character known as Melchizedek. Yeah, yeah. So why, Mr. Writer of Hebrews, why do you keep bringing up this Melchizedek dude? Because <laughs> he, he mentioned him a couple times in chapter 5 talking about how Jesus was high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And he actually uses this phrase about four or five times in this epistle, and he's quoting actually from Psalm 110, verse 4, Psalm 110, verse 4. And yeah, you, this, you know, we'll, talk, we'll get into this more next week, and this, this Melchizedek dude, is kind of a mysterious figure. Um, not much is said about Melchizedek in the Bible, but I, I would. What is said about Melchizedek is plenty. So the very little that is said about Melchizedek <laughs> gives us plenty. And one thing is that 
rather than focusing in on who is Melchizedek, was was he Jesus himself, or was he uh, just a, a shadow of Jesus, or 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 what? What you know, instead of getting into all that, let's just look at. We'll look at what the scriptures say about Melchizedek, and maybe you have your opinions about who Melchizedek was. But we'll look at this. We'll look at Hebrews seven and Abraham and what he had to do with with Melchizedek, the Levites. How all of this is a picture that points us not to Melchizedek himself, not to Abraham, not to tithing or anything like that, but points us to Jesus. That's really, that's really what this uh, whole epistle is about. It's pointing well, us and, to and Jesus. And Joel, I, I think too, not to interrupt you here, but you, you made a point. Melchizedek is really only mentioned like three times in the entire Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, back in Genesis with Abraham, and then again once in the Psalms, where the writer of Hebrews quotes that passage. But you also mentioned that Melchizedek is is referred to a handful of times just in this book of Hebrews, and and the point being made is what you were just saying. The reason for that is, like we said earlier in the program, it's all to draw the attention to Jesus, the, the ultimate high priest. Um, that's why there's these references to Melchizedek so many times in the book of Hebrews, even though we're not going to get into the Melchizedek weeds because, as you said, um, there's just not a lot of information about it. But there is a point to be made here, and, and hopefully we'll have some time next week to get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that next week, talk about Melchizedek, and see where else we get to in this book of Hebrews as we continue our series on Hebrews right here on the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.